Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. And here we have this group of people, including Timothy, stayed. This series, we're looking at 2 Timothy. It's Paul's last letter to Timothy, and there are only four chapters, but they pack a punch. I am so glad you've joined us. Today, we're going to be talking about 2 Timothy 4, 19 through 22. And if you listen to the introduction, then you will recognize my guest. My guest is Pastor Misty Harper Anderson. Back to like bookend the conversation. I thought what a sweet thing it would be to bookend this conversation. Yeah, those are my thoughts exactly. (laughs) Very cool. So I've been having all of my guests read the passage. (laughs) I apologize. There are a lot of names in this one, so this this one, this one's going to be a little. um, Yeah, you're up to it, Bible nerd. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I should have paid better attention in Greek class. (laughs) So if you would read the verses, and then we'll we'll start talking about. Yes, of course. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living at the household of Onesphorus. Erastus stayed at Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Hurry so you can get here before winter. Eubulus sends you greeting, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. Mm. You know, we've been talking about through this whole book and all these conversations about that this is the last letter that Paul writes to Timothy. And so now we're seeing, and and I feel like we should really pay attention to lasts. Mm -hmm. And so this is like, these are his last words to him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, we were talking a little bit just beforehand before we hit record about how Paul can seem... Like, you know, like, like authority and, you know, power and, you know, a little hard on, on some issues. Yeah. But I think we see a lot of tenderness in this book. And then to see these, to the, see these greetings feels very tender. It seems to be a more tender side of Paul that we're seeing. I think so too. When I was reading through this, I, so this will, this will be in the the previous episode about the people who didn't stay. And now here we have the this group of people who have stuck it out with Paul when he's been imprisoned, when he's been accused of of things that we see in other letters that Paul has written about his faith not being real or him not really being called and gifted. So all of these attacks on his character even. And here we have this group of people including Timothy, who stayed. Mm. And how difficult it is to stay with people, to sit with people in their suffering. Uh, It almost reminds me of Job and his friends. (laughs) The people that we know (laughs) has his friends who, boy, that was a tough crowd, right? If you are uh, somebody who is in the midst of deep suffering and you have people telling you that maybe you're the cause of it, no thank you to that friend group. And here you have this group of people who understand who Paul is, who recognize that Jesus called Paul to this life, that Paul, even in the face of persecution, has held fast to his love for Jesus, his call to be a disciple of Jesus, even in 
this time of being imprisoned, even in this time of facing his own death, he's held tightly to that and they've held tightly to him. And what a calling that is on our lives too, to be able to sit with people in their suffering and in their grief and in their trials. And it, it takes a, an incredible amount of Holy Spirit-inspired strength to be able to do that for the people we love. It does. And and I think a lot of times it's our fear of say, of appearing more like Job's friends, our, our fear of saying the wrong mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. that keeps us from coming alongside that keeps us from saying anything. Yeah. And I think I I kind of think it's better to show up and maybe say and and risk saying the wrong thing than yeah. to not show up at all. Yeah. Well, we have you and I have both lost parents. Mm-hmm. And I think about with my mother there weren't um her death was very sudden so there weren't moments for those final goodbyes. And with my father, we had time with him, a, a few hours. No, it was actually maybe more like minutes with him where he could say some things and we could say some things. Uh, and similar to Paul here, because uh, he's also very practical, right? Mm-hmm. Could you please bring me my coat? It's going to be winter and I need a coat. Mm-hmm. So don't forget that. Uh, and also these words of tenderness, of affirming who he is. And when I think about our last moments with my dad too there were these he had very practical things that he wanted my family to know and and then there were also these moments of the I love you's and the hand holding and uh just being able to save the things mm-hmm. and then too when I think about the people that have come alongside me in the times of grieving and some people are better at the staying than others. Mm-hmm. And it was even, uh, this was after my mother passed and I had a, a day where I just couldn't get out of bed. And a friend, I, I texted a friend and a, a while later she said, hey, I'm not going to bother you, but I left you a Starbucks drink at your front door. You can just go get it when you're ready. And so what does that look like for different people, right? To show up for different people. Mm -hmm. Uh, That story will stick with me, right? My own story will stick with Mm -hmm. me for the rest of my life because it meant so much just to be shown love in this really simple, tangible way. Well, which informs then how you show up for other people. My, so my brother-in-law passed away recently and my sister kept saying she wanted to be alone. She wanted to be alone. And I thought, well, I know she um, lives kind of out of town and so she has well water and so I know that she drinks bottled water and I thought well does she have bottled water like she's going to be crying she's going to like need to hydrate and does she have food there and if she's not going to go out like she's going to need her strength and and food whatever is the thing I that we all like to bring when that's right when somebody's grieving and so I grabbed a few things and I opened the door to her house and I said I'm just dropping things off I'm not going to stay and I came in and I started putting things away and she came over and, and hugged me. And um, I remember thinking, because I was afraid, like I, I really wanted to respect what she said. And I was her sister. Like, I want to be clear, like I had the kind of relationship with her where where I could push in a little bit yeah. and verbally say, I'm pushing in. 
but I'm going to, I'm going to come back out too, but I think you need something. And and so my sisters and I kind of did this dance of pushing in and kind of retreating and pushing in and retreating Mm -hmm. as she was grieving. And it it was interesting because she said, you know, I didn't know that I needed that. Yeah. What she want, what she want, what she thought she wanted was to be alone, but to have people pushing in was helpful for her. That's so, so good. But I, I really love how, so it was interesting. So I read, I read a commentary because some of these names were not familiar to me. And so yeah. I thought, I want to know who these people are. And we've heard Priscilla and Aquila before. And what I thought was interesting that I found in the commentary, I was looking at an NIV commentary, that before, originally when we first hear of Priscilla and Aquila, it's Aquila and their husband and wife, Priscilla's wife, we hear Aquila and then Priscilla. But as time goes on and as, as ministry is done together, Priscilla starts to get mentioned before Aquila, which I thought as a woman in ministry yes. <laughs> was, was very interesting that to take note of that. Yes, absolutely. And Paul, I think, is often uh, painted as a man who uh, is anti. Is anti-women in ministry. Yes, thank you. And and here we see him elevating Priscilla. It's something that I appreciate about Paul throughout all of his letters is how he elevates people in their positions of leadership, how here he is acknowledging who Priscilla is and the impact that she's having for the kingdom. And it's it really causes us to stop and think what was Paul like what were was Paul really believing about women in ministry? Because Clearly here, he is praising this woman for the work that she is doing mm-hmm. for Jesus. Yeah, that she stayed. I mean, like we've, she's stayed, stayed active. She, she continued to minister when it was hard. Yeah. And so it's not, and it's not because she's a woman that he's doing it. It's because of the ministry. It's because of the work that she did. It's the, the way that they came alongside. And, and then the next one, the Oniferous. Uh, that they're mentioning his household. And so the commentary thought that he may have been someone that Paul ministered with and had passed away. And so it was, he was giving greeting and honor to that family that was grieving into the life, into the ministry of this person that had passed, which, um, which is interesting given the conversation that we just had too, about the stayers and the people that come and that show up. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. I, I uh, didn't know that about him or about his household. Uh, I hadn't looked into that. And so, uh, too, that's this testament of the prayers of the faithful and the generations that come after. Uh, and, what, and too, he, he probably didn't get to see the work of his children and grandchildren and how they, too, made kingdom, kingdom impact. Yeah, and interesting that the... To, to have this book bookended with, because in the first chapter we're hearing uh, about Eunice and Lois and the heritage of faith in Timothy's family yeah. and, and noting that and then noting here the continued, like the ongoing of it, like this is where it started and it's going to be ongoing and Timothy will continue to stand in ministry and continue to minister the gospel and hopefully bring Paulus coat. 
Because <laughs> winter's coming. <laughs> and he is in a cold jail cell, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I. Uh, it's because of this and the, these generational gifts that we're sitting here today talking about Jesus and the the what these letters, how they impact us and how they've been able to carry forward the story of Jesus uh, through both oral and written traditions. I, I'm, I'm sitting here really in awe of the fact that we get to read this a couple of thousand years after these things were written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, a story about stories about real people that, yes. that happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot lately about the importance of Paul's letters and the importance of, you know, as the American church faces a change in culture that is not as favorable to it as it used to be. And, and what do we do with that? And I, th- I feel like looking at Paul's letters and the words that he had for the church, the word that he had for those in the church to to stay the course, mm-hmm. to keep going, to keep standing, to keep preaching, to keep to keep on keeping on yeah. in that in our life with Christ, even when it becomes hard to don't to don't let to, to not let the difficulty of of life and and of cu- the culture that you're in squash what the Holy Spirit and what the Lord is doing in your life yeah. or to, to stop ministry because all of a sudden it's become hard. You know, we, you know, we were talking about you coming to know, I think it was in the first last episode yeah. we talked about you becoming uh, to know Christ by someone leaving their Bible open in a retail store break room. Yeah. And we were, when we commented on how that would be such an unheard of thing today, but if that's what the Lord is leading you to do if that is actually part of your life then then like be authentic in how you live your life and how you do your life and allow God to use it however he's going to and and sharing that with people I saw an interview recently with um one of the lead singers of for king and country Smallbone. can't remember his first name um but the one with the curly hair longer hair he was talking about he found himself in the morning reading his Bible on his phone. And so when his, when his small children would get up, they would see him on his phone in the morning, but they didn't know that he was reading the Bible, that he was doing his study. And he thought, Oh, like it matters what they're seeing me do matters. And I don't want them to think I'm just on my phone playing Wordle in the morning. I do love a good game. of Wordle. I do love Wordle too. And that, and I do, that is part of my morning routine, (laughs) but he started pulling out like his hard copy Bible because of that, because of the example, that is what he's doing. He's reading his Bible. Now he's going to have that example and from his children. So I'm not saying perform, but I think we need to not, even though it's not acceptable in the culture, I don't think that means that we stop talking about what God is doing in our life yeah. or stop doing the life that God has called us to do. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about the persecution of the church. And the persecution of Christians, right? So we can often think of church as the place we go on Sundays gathering together. And yet the church are the people of God. Mm-hmm. And 
what it means, what persecution means and what it doesn't mean. And part of that is being in a non-Christian workplace and the fear of what the ramifications might be if we talk about Jesus. And I don't want to try to oversimplify this, and I'm certainly not trying to shame anyone who is uncomfortable sharing their faith with somebody at work. I think it's something for us to pray and process through. Are we willing to take the risk to talk about Jesus in our workplace, regardless of the consequence, compared to uh, tradition tells us that Timothy was probably stoned to death as an older man in Ephesus for fighting against culture. Uh, In Ephesus, they worshiped a goddess named Diana. And tradition says that he was speaking against that and lost his life for that. Now, in the country in which we live, we're probably not going to die for our faith. Are we willing to take some form of reprimand for that? And again, uh, I'm not shaming people if, if they're not at that place because it has to be a Holy Spirit calling. Mm-hmm. It has to be that. Well, and I think it has to be an outward expression of what's happening inside. Yeah. And I think it's an important question to ask yeah. because if we're not in that place, then grace to you. Yes. If you are in that place, grace to you. Yes. But I think that's an important question to ask ourselves because I think we're called to still proclaim Christ when it's hard. Yes. I think that's what I see Paul telling us in his letters. Yeah. And it and I for me, what I've been thinking about and what I've been asking myself and asking the Lord to search me is make this like really actually something I'm doing, like spending time with the Lord. And so when I talk about it, it's actually something that I'm doing. I'm not performing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. I, uh, <laughs> going back to the whole finding Jesus in a retail store, mm-hmm. in the months that led after, in the months after that, I became zealot like almost well i'm a christian and you need to be a christian too because if you're not a christian you're going to hell and also if you do a b and c like you listen to any song that isn't a christian song probably you need to check yourself do you are do you actually have faith i was really awful and really judgmental now 20 something years later i've come to know the importance of building relationship with people and utilizing that vehicle to talk about my faith. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's room for things like street evangelism. and But even in that, asking people questions, getting to know them, uh, finding, finding where they have emptiness in their lives that only Jesus can fill. Mm-hmm. And proceeding that way versus, mm, you're a sinner, you need Jesus, and... You're going to hell if you don't. Because we live in a broken world and people want to not be broken. Yeah. They want to not be, to not have soul suffering. We had a guest on Susie Larson Live and he was talking about, he does 
soul care conferences. Oh. And somebody came because who does not know Jesus but felt broken in their soul. And so they came for their soul to have care and ended up finding Jesus at this conference. And so the conversation went to that that's probably, I mean, that's, what is the question that culture is asking, that people are asking, and how is Jesus the answer for that? Yeah. And it takes time, mm-hmm. and it takes care, and it takes intentionality. And it takes prayers that we might not see get answered. Yeah. I pray for several people that don't know Jesus. They are friends, they are family, and I don't know, right? I don't know if and when they will come to know Christ. It could be on deathbeds. It could be never, and it could be long after I'm gone. And yet, can I be faithful in what God is asking me to do so that the answers to those prayers are about Jesus and not about me. Mm. Angie, you know me well enough to know I want to know the answers. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> and yet that's so not the rhythm of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what I'm hearing a lot is trust and surrender. Surrendering to God and trusting that he's going to do what he's going to do mm-hmm. and being faithful in the in the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the forever if I have a thorn in my side, it's control and not wanting to surrender. <laughs> yes, I can very easily fall into that category also. I do fall into that category also. And then I look at the life of Paul and, and what I think is the life of Timothy and the incredible amount of surrender in both of their lives. Paul knew what was coming for him. And he never backed down from telling the truth of Jesus because the most important thing to him wasn't his life in this world, but it was staying true to what Jesus asked him to do. And to operate out of faith Mm -hmm. and not out of fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his lack of fear is aspiring. Mm Mm-hmm. Inspirational, yeah, mm-hmm. inspiring, yes. Because I think it's very easy to be overcome by fear, big and small, and to use that as our reason or excuse for not stepping into something that Jesus is calling us to do. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely preaching to myself right now. Right? Yeah. No, I do that a lot <laughs> on this podcast. Preach to myself. Mm-hmm. Is there any last word that you want to make sure we talk about in these few verses? I see in these last few verses the significance of community. And again, speaking to myself, how easy it is in our daily lives to turn inward because there's so much happening. And yet, in Paul's final words, it's about community and the people who he loves who love him. Uh, And that's the legacy piece of his life. Thank you, Misty. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Yes, thank you again for having me here. Thank you for joining us for not only today's conversation about 2 Timothy 4, 19 through 22, but our whole study of 2 Timothy. My prayer and hope is that the Holy Spirit has has revealed to you 
areas that, um, that you are keeping on, keeping on, and areas where Jesus can come alongside you and and help you to operate out of out of faith in Him, out of obedience to Him, and um, to, to be encouraged, to be encouraged in your faith. Um, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next series coming up. And I'm going to leave you with Paul's words from verse 22. May the Lord be with your spirit and may his grace be with all of you. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about 2 Timothy 4, 19 through 22. If you'd like to find out more about Misty Harper Anderson, you can check out the show notes. I'm so, so grateful that you joined us for this series. We're already hard at work on our next series. So make sure you're following My Faith Radio on social media to find out when that will start and what that will be. But if you subscribe to the podcast, then you won't miss it when it comes out. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to find out more about Faith Radio, you can head over to myfaithradio.com.